You are listening to Hit Play, Not Pause, a feisty menopause podcast for active, performance-minded women. I am your host, Celine Yeager. Each week, I bring you advice from athletes, scientists, researchers, and other experts to help you feel and perform your best, no matter what your hormones are doing. This show is a production of Live Feisty Media. Hello, strong, feisty women. I hope you all are well. I just want to take a quick second to thank everyone who came up to me at the Gone Graveling Festival in Bentonville a couple of weeks ago. It's always so incredibly moving to hear how the show has impacted you and to see how you're out there sharing your own experiences with others. And we are all really moving the needle here on the menopause space and in the menopause conversations. And I appreciate every single one of you. And I just wanted to say that. Speaking of appreciation and thanks, I want to thank my old colleague from Prevention Magazine, Ann Alexander, for introducing me to this week's guest, Mind Body Coach, Kara Bradley. Ann was like, you have got to meet this unstoppable force of nature, and I'm so glad I did. She is 100% our people, and she brings some really important insights into the menopause conversation. Kara has a slew of mind-body certifications, including certified strength and conditioning specialist, experienced yoga teacher, certified meditation instructor, and certified flow coach, just to name a few. She started out as a pro figure skater, which we've heard a few figure skaters now on the show, and I think our first pro rollerblader. She she spent years going around the world doing hip-hop shows on rollerblades, which is pretty rad. She also founded the Verge Yoga and Meditation Center, where she worked for over 18 years, including working as a mental strength coach to professional and collegiate sports teams. She is the founding member of the Mental Fitness Collective, author of the best-selling book On the Verge, Wake Up, Show Up, and Shine, and the host of the Daily Whispers podcast. In 2020, she was named one of the 12 most powerful women in the mindfulness movement by Mindful Magazine. And in recent years, she's had to use all of these tools on herself after being blindsided by perimenopause several years ago, which left her feeling underwater with terrible brain fog for several years. And she had to use all the tools in her toolbox, which included a deep dive into her gut health and just trying to figure out how to get out of the fog to find her way out. Now she provides menopause mindset insights and brain fog solutions on her TikTok channel, Menopause Mindset. And that's what this show is all about, the menopause mindset, because it's really our best tool for working through whatever symptoms come our way during this time of life. I had Kara come in to do an expert session in our Level Up membership, and it was really insightful and powerful. She had us explore a lot of our preconceived notions about menopause and about ourselves and helped us push back on many of those notions and use our strengths to change how we think. And when we were done, I thought, I'd really like everyone to hear this exercise. And she agreed to come on, and here we are. I appreciate Kara for sharing her work with us. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Before we get to it, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Feisty Menopause. Head on over to feistymenopause.com and sign up for my free weekly newsletter with all the menopause info you need to know. Join our Hit Play Not Pause Facebook group. Or if you want to be part of our community, like I just talked about with Kara, uh, we meet three or four times a month with experts like you here on the show. You can check out that Level Up membership at feistymenopause.com. Finally, super quick thanks to Inside Tracker for their support of the show. In case you missed it, Inside Tracker just added three new biomarkers, estradiol, progesterone, and thyroid-stimulating hormone to their ultimate plan. I have used their suggestions to drop my LDL cholesterol by 30 points, which is how much it went up during menopause, and I appreciate them. So thanks, Inside Tracker. All right, enough of me. Let's have a few words about those awesome sponsors and get on with the show. Good sleep. 
The one thing that sets you up for a great workout and a good day is quality sleep. We talk about it all the time here on the show, which is why I'm stoked to have Lagoon Sleep as a new sponsor. Because one of the most overlooked tools in a great sleep toolbox is the thing you literally rest your head on eight hours a night, your pillow. A quality pillow is everything. Otherwise, you end up tossing, turning, punching, and folding your pillow, waking up with neck pain, and all the stuff that happens when your pillow doesn't meet your personal comfort needs. Say hello to the most comfortable sleep you've ever had with Lagoon. They start you out with a two-minute personalized pillow quiz and then pair you with your perfect pillow. I got the Otter, a cooling adjustable pillow that is perfect for side sleepers who run warm at night like I do. It is a dream. It's fully adjustable, so I was able to get the perfect loft and support and the cooling feature is everything. As someone who turned into a furnace every evening before menopause, I appreciate that the otter is stuffed with shredded gel-infused memory foam, which instead of trapping heat from my neck and head, draws it away and dissipates it. It's truly delightful. I'm a good sleeper, and otter has taken it to the next level with both support and cooling. Put my head down, good night, Irene. My aura ring confirms what little tossing and turning I was doing is gone. The beauty of the pillow quiz is you can get the perfect pillow that you need to and make your sleep the best sleep you can have. Go to lagoonsleep.com slash hit play and take the two minute quiz to find your perfect match and then use the code hit play all caps one word for 15% off your first purchase. Sweet dreams. Okay, Kara. Well, I'm glad to see you back so soon. Um, <laughs> for people who, who are not aware and are not in the Level Up membership, we have experts in, you know, several times a month and we go through mindfulness and training and nutrition. And we had the honor of having Kara Bradley in last night and she did this really wonderful mindset exercise with everybody. And there were a lot of light bulbs going off and people really got in tune with how they were thinking and maybe how to adjust their thinking to be happier, you know, and like ultimately maybe perform better and feel better. So I thought we should, we should bring this to the wider audience. So here we are. Thanks for coming back. Not even 24 hours later. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's so much fun. So much Excellent. fun. All right. So why don't you start like you did last night, just introduce this whole concept of mindset and, you know, the ways that it flows up and it flows down. And and then we'll just go through the exercises and talk about what we learned last night and what people can get out of it. Absolutely. And a lot of I'm sure a lot of your listeners have gone through some types of mindset examples and exercises like this. Mindsets have been around for a while. It really came out of the work of Dr. Carol Dweck, who wrote the seminal book called Mindset. And um, the mindsets are a set of beliefs, thoughts, and attitudes. A lot of these sets of beliefs, thoughts, and attitudes we accumulate because of just being in the world. We accumulate it from our families, from our genders, from our demographics, from our education. And a lot of them in fact, they often say that 90% of these beliefs are subconscious. So we're not even realizing that what hmm. we're carrying around a lot of these beliefs. And um, what Carol Dweck has coined are two types of mindsets. One is a fixed mindset, which are qualities about ourselves, our level of intelligence, our circumstances that may feel stuck where we feel like there's no way out of it. This is the way it is. And I'm just going to have to live with this for the rest of my life. A growth mindset is uh, those qualities, intelligences, or circumstances where we feel we can do something about it that can be developed, that can be improved in some way. So, I mean, it's a very general way of looking at these these beliefs, thoughts, and attitudes that we carry, whether they be fixed or growth. So, um, and, and in particular, you know, what really excites me is when we start to think about menopause and the mindsets that we are carrying, in fact, it's, it's quite a burden that we are carrying from the past because there has been such miseducation and, un uh, you know, it, there has been such a lack of research that most of us are just carrying around these crazy um, 
belief systems. And I think you wrote about it quite a bit in Next Level. You know, some of these beliefs, these myths of menopause, and these are fixed mindsets and limiting beliefs. So it's a way of really just exposing our limiting beliefs, thoughts and patterns and, and attitudes, just exposing them to the light and then knowing how to work with them and start to interrupt those patterns. And Mm -hmm. that's what we did last night with your fantastic group. Yeah. So maybe we can, you know, walk through this as people are listening, you know, you can sort of walk me through what we did last night. We can talk a little bit about the responses and, and, you know, take them through the exercises, because I really do think that this is something that everybody can benefit from exploring within themselves. Absolutely. So get out a pen and paper if you're listening, if you can, or come back to this with pen and paper and journal, because I do believe that this is an exercise that we need to sit with on on our own and really um, understand, start to excavate some of this out of your own subconscious. The first question is around limiting beliefs. Uh, And limiting belief is a fixed mindset. Uh, Limiting beliefs around not only menopause, but our lives. What are some of the limiting beliefs that you have? And I'm going to ask you, Celine, and I'm also going to offer some of the, some of the answers that we heard last night and that I've heard over, you know, the course of my work. Um, You know, one of them may be like, I'm too old to blank. I'm too old to try this new thing. I'm too old to, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be good at this because I am, now at this age yes for sure and and others are you know there's nothing i can do about this Mm. this is the way it is i'll never sleep again i think somebody said (laughs) i will have hot flashes forever was another one i heard last night that's right Uh, nothing works for me Mm -hmm. Uh, my body's not responding the way i need it to it'll never respond or i'll never feel like i'm in my body again Um, I've tried everything or no one is listening. I think that's a big one Mm -hmm. is that a lot of women um, feel very alone. And so they just feel like they, they, they continue. And I kind of felt this a little bit myself is I felt like I was just turning inward, 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 and going deeper, deeper into this closed um, little cave in my own world. Right. So there's some of the limiting beliefs um, that we're hearing, especially around, uh, menopause and women in this cycle right now. And yeah, so my best days are behind me. Oh my gosh. That's a great one. That yes, was a big that, one. That, that is. Um, so another, um, another thing that we can ex- excavate is are our obstacles. Um, what are some of the obstacles that you feel are in your way because of your circumstances right now? So anxiety. Anxiety. Yeah. Uh, some of them are also like, I don't have time. Mm. That's an, a lot of women. It's like, I don't have time for this, you know? <laughs> and we always say it with that kind of like, I don't have time yeah. for this. <laughs> I don't have the money. I don't have the money to do this. I don't have motivation or the smarts. Uh, I'm not disciplined enough. Um, people will laugh at me if I try something different. My family will laugh at me. What will they think of me? Um, People may think I'm selfish or self-centered, right? A lot of women, we have a lot of these, these, and and these are all, they kind of blend into one another, the beliefs, the obstacles and the fears. But a lot of women feel like, um, well, that would, that would make me feel very self-centered and selfish. And some women just feel lost. I hear that a lot. Like they're overwhelmed and they don't know even where to start. Yes. Yes. Where do I even begin? Yeah, I don't know where to begin is is part of these uh, real, really fixed patterns. And they're fixed patterns, they're thought patterns that um, if we think them over and over and over, it becomes like a groove in our brain. And, um, and then it starts to almost, you know, uh, subside into the subconscious. And we don't even realize that we're living with these, this baggage of, of all of these limitations. So, so there's one more. What about fears? We talked about this last night. What are some of the fears that you have at your age, you know, going through the perimenopause, menopause, postmenopause continuum? Yeah, I mean, some people, you know, it's only going to get worse. You know, I am never going to get better. There's um, 
you know, fears of that invisibility, like I'm not going to be seen or heard. Maybe I don't want to be seen or heard. Yeah. I love, I love that one. I think that's real is that, yeah, it's going down into that cave kind of starting to hide. Um, some of the other fears that, that we've heard, I've heard is the fear of illness, the fear, mm. because there is the real risk of, you know, Alzheimer's, early onset dementia, cardiovascular disease, osteoporosis, which I have. Um, some other fears that come up for women is that they'll, I'll never feel like me again, that I've lost myself. And that, it, you know, this is just going to keep going downhill from here. Um, the fear of inconveniencing others, right? We are such accommodators as women. And that we fear that we're going to be more of a burden on our families. Um, fear that we may get fired. I hear this from a lot of women. Fear of irrelevance. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Kind of aging out, if you will, from your career. Yeah. Not being worthy. Loneliness. Um, mm, absolutely. So I know we've kind of painted sort of a <laughs> I know it gets grim. <laughs> But I think it's really important for us to expose yeah. this because, listen, we can share this with one another and recognize that we're not alone in this. Yeah, I think the group felt better. You know, it's funny, like, because when you it's not like these things don't exist because you don't say them. Do you know what I mean? And I believe that they have that fear of irrelevance, that fear of loneliness, that fear of being a burden, that fear of the best days are behind you. Like that's all in your head. It's living in you, whether or not you, I think when you let it out, it loses some of its power, which we'll talk about, I think a bit later, you know, when you say like, what's true, what's maybe not so true when we, when we get down to there. But I think, I think giving voice to those feelings as someone who does it for a living is really powerful. It's very liberating mm. to say those things out loud. Yeah. It's liberating to say them. And it's also liberating to hear them from other yeah. women. Yeah. And, you know, you, you know, more than anyone else, cause you're, you're, you know, always talking to all these experts, you know, in the menopause field that menopause is, is sort of trending right now. You know, we've got some voice behind us and it's because of a lot of us are starting to get very vocal about what we're experiencing. We've invested a lot in our careers, in our families, in our lifestyle, in our bodies, and to have it all stripped away so quickly and to hear um, there's nothing we can do or just take this and, you know, and move on. Uh, that's not enough for us. So this is a really exciting time to start to breathe some life into these old myths and these old burdens that we're carrying subconsciously, like in our in our cells from our, you know, grandmothers and, and great grandmothers and mothers even. So the next step would be to um, flip the switch a little bit and to start to live out loud what your strengths are. So, so Celine, what are some of your strengths? I am an eternal optimist. I think might be my biggest strength, quite frankly. I am strong. I have always considered myself strong and 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 I'm intelligent. Um, you know, those are probably, if I were to say my three biggest strengths in this life would be would be those things. Yeah. And I think last night you also put in curious. Oh, I am curious. Yes. Yeah. That's well, that's my as a journalist that. That is just in my DNA. I, I forget that that's even in me sometimes, but yeah, I'm very curious. Yeah, because I think that's a huge strength. Mm. Uh, some of the other strengths are um, I'm disciplined. I am disciplined. Mm. I'm gritty. I'm kind. I'm compassionate. Uh, I'm a good listener. I am motivated. Uh, and I'm also adaptable and flexible. Determined, so, and stubborn also came up. <laughs> yes, yeah. that's right. That's right. Determined. And so these strengths can be used almost like a sword, if you will, to slash the limiting patterns as they become more conscious. So, you know, what I what I started yesterday when we were talking to your community, I, I was talking about being a meditation teacher. And really meditation is the process and practice of becoming familiar with, of getting to know and becoming aware of. 
So it's not sitting cross-legged with, you know, with your fingers and thumbs together, oming um, necessarily. It really is a process of becoming finely aware of uh, patterns in your life, whether they be physical patterns, emotional patterns, mental patterns. And so now with uh, the understanding and some awareness around our limiting beliefs, our obstacles, our fears, and then also a pocket full of strengths that we all have, we can now just become more aware throughout the day of the patterns of limitations that come up and the voice in our head and that inner critic. And so what I offered the group last night that I'll share right now is a way to um, slash, to start to slash some of those limiting beliefs. And it does weaken them. As you said before, Celine, I like to think of the wizard behind the curtain, right? When they, Dorothy pulls right. the, or the Wizard of Oz, he's just like this little nothing, like he's supposed to be this giant thing. And then you pull back the curtain and it's just like right. a little guy with a megaphone. Right. And it was, I think it was Toto, right? Toto pulled it, pulled the <laughs> yeah, curtain yeah. back. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what we're doing. We're just exposing ourselves to ourselves. Mm. And so um, Byron uh, Katie uh, created something called The Work. And if you're interested, you can Google The Work, Byron Katie. And you'll see this. It's a very simple process of turning around a belief system or a or a thought pattern. And so step one is to become aware, which we just did. Become aware of your fixed mindsets, of your limiting beliefs, of your limiting thought patterns or attitudes, and uh, write them down, like have them somewhere where you can constantly look and add to. So one, be aware. The second one is when you do become aware throughout your day of one of these patterns coming up, and I will just uh, use one to say, there's nothing I can do. There's nothing I can do about this. Um, ask yourself, is this true? That's it. Is it true that there is nothing I can do about this the way I feel? And then I love it. She has a second one, a second question. Is it absolutely true? <laughs> <laughs> Right. Because your ego is going to be like, yeah, yeah, it is true. You know, it, but is it absolutely true? So the first one is just to become aware of them. The second is to ask the question, is this true? And then number three is to ask yourself, how does this belief make me feel? How does believing that there's nothing I can do make me feel? Mm. That makes me feel, you know, like in despair. It's like hopeless. Like I've given up. It doesn't make me feel very good about myself. So that's number three is asking, how does this make me feel? Uh, number four is, what would I be? Who would I be beyond that belief? If I didn't believe this, that there's nothing I can do, what would I do? Well, I would, you know, go to chat GPT. I would go to <laughs> Google. I would start to educate myself. I would ask other people. Hey, listen, has anything helped you with this, right? So this is how we start to turn it. And then the way that we really can turn it all around is to name our strength. Listen, I am curious. I'm not going to believe there's nothing I can do. I am going to get busy and start to educate myself and start to take charge and educate and advocate for myself. So, um, you know, it's based on the work. It's pretty simple. Be aware. Is this true? Ask yourself. Uh, think about how it makes you feel to live with some of these limiting beliefs. Um, think about who you were, who who you would be without it on the other side of it. And then just turn it around, just pump yourself up and grab one of those strengths out of your pocket and, and replace that limiting belief with a strength, even if it just feels like it's, um, you know, it's fake, even if you feel like you're faking it for a moment. For decades, running shoes have been researched, tested, and designed for men. Brands have relied on the shrink it and pink it approach to sell male shoes to female customers. That's why we are stoked to be working with Hedda's. 
Hedda's designs athletic footwear for women that elevates performance, safety, and style. Hedda's has unlocked the science behind women's biomechanics through dedicated research and creates better shoes for women's performance. Some of Hedda's special features include a lower ankle collar to reduce rubbing on women's ankle bones, a breathable mesh toe box to allow for ventilation and accommodate female toe shape, a more narrow and reductive heel cup to reduce heel slippage and take pressure off the Achilles, a rounded instep that creates a snug fit through the middle to match the curvature of a woman's foot, and supercritical foam and a PBEX plate in the midsole to keep our legs going when the going gets tough. Hedda's has three shoe models designed for different sessions, the Alma Cruise for your long runs, the Alma Tempo for training days, and the Alma Speed for pushing the pace. I've been running in the Alma Tempos, and they are a pleasure to train in. You can get your own pair of Hedda's at Hedda's.com and use the code FEISTY20, that's all caps, FEISTY20, for 20% off. Check it out today. We'll put a clickable link in the show notes to make it a snap. As a lifelong runner and cyclist, I am stoked to announce that Tifosi Optics has come on as a podcast sponsor. The beauty of Tifosi sports glasses is that they hit all the marks. They are shatterproof polycarbonate, so the lenses not only reduce glare, but also offer scratch resistance and complete eye protection. They stay put. They have little hydrophilic rubber nose pads that actually get more grippy the more you sweat, so they stay secure and don't slide down your face even when you're running in sauna-like conditions. No matter what sport you do, they have a shade for your activity, including tennis, fishing, pickleball, running, cycling, and just hanging out at the beach. And they are super reasonably well-priced, which is very hard to find in a sea of overpriced eyewear. And they just look freaking rad. So head on over to tifosioptics.com and use the code FM, capital F, and capital M, like Feisty Menopause, number 20, FM20, to get 20% off your order today. I'll put a clickable link in the show notes to make it a snap. Yeah, and one of the things um, that we talked about last night is how did you phrase it? Like, what would you do if you could get out of your own way? What was the question actually? That was it. it? Oh, okay. Yeah. And that was so interesting because, you know, like there were women who were like, I would sign up for an event. I was like, oh, well, you should, you know, inside I was like, well, you should sign up for the event, you know? And like, there was a lot of that, like, I would say no more often, you know, like there was a lot of really interesting things that, that came out of like, if you could just take, get these limiting beliefs, which is yourself, get out of your own way, you know, like, what would you do? Yes. Who would you be on the other side of all of this? You know? So, so Celine, I'm going to ask you, like, what would, what would you do if you weren't in your own way? Well, last night I was just like, I would worry so much less, you know, I mean, that's Mm. just, I I feel like I'm almost attached to worrying. um, And that I it's hard for me to let that go. I It's just it, like so ingrained to be a catastrophic thinker. But sometimes what I do is I take that to the extreme to the comical. Do you know what I mean? Like, and that sort of takes its power away. Like, well, I guess if I don't do well at this race, I'm going to lose my job and then we'll lose our house. <laughs> <You know? I'm> like, <laughs> and then I'll have nothing to worry about because we'll have lost everything. You know, and it just sort of, it just sort of takes the power out of it a little bit. It's a good strategy. It is. And and you could also ask, is this true? Is it yeah. true? Yeah. Yeah. Is it, is it, true? Is it true? Yeah. That's a, that is good. I mean, I think one of the things that I asked last night that isn't, I feel is important is that where after all was said and done and we had all gone through it, where I run into resistance here is where reality comes in kind of hard. And we talked about this, like we are all as athletic people going to slow down and not be as strong, right? Like that is actually true. You know, that is an actual truism. Um, so, and and for many people, there are many, many things they have tried to sleep better. That's not That's not to say that there aren't other things that can help them. It takes perseverance, you know, to keep trying sometimes but like where do we go with this mindset piece when you do hit a little colder starker reality right yeah and it's a good question because at the end of the day we don't want to bs ourselves either totally you know what i mean it's like we're intelligent women it's like all right you know i'm not gonna stand in front of the mirror and you know tell myself all this stuff and just it it, it, in some ways it, it can feel 
silly. And I think that's what, what you're saying as well. I think that, you know, it, this is a practice and practices are made to be adaptive. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're frameworks to help us learn how to surf in. Uh, and so um, we want to be adaptable to ourselves in this all. Um, because, you know, for instance, uh, let's take one of the obstacles. I don't have time. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have time to do this kind of stuff. Um, well, and we can we can look at the opposite. Well, what would you do if you did make a little bit of time for yourself to go outside and stare up at the stars for 10 minutes to, you know, experience awe and how was that, how, how that would, might change your perspective on your worry and your stress, you know, what if you did do that? So I think that, I mean, I don't know if I'm answering your question, but I feel like, you know, it's not black and white. It's not yes and no. You know, obviously we can't make our height. We can't get taller you know, we will get shorter. Most and, and we, yeah, and we won't continue to get faster. But then maybe, you know, maybe that exercise is why are those things important to me? And is mm-hmm. there another means to that end? You know, why is it important to me to be fast and strong and do these things? And it's because it, it, it increases my self-efficacy. You know, I like getting out what I put in when it comes to work. And that's where I find pivoting to other things very useful. Learning a slightly different sport or taking my sport that I've always done in a little different way, because then I am getting that satisfaction that I'm craving because I am actually improving. Yeah. And and I think if we all look at some of the things we do, especially when it comes to competing um, at, you know, a 40, 50, 60 year old um age bracket. Um, when we really look at it, there's there are intrinsic motivators that are getting us on our bike in the lake all the time. It's not necessarily the win or the PR yeah. anymore. It really is what we're gaining every single day from doing it. So I think that's where we can start to soften. It doesn't mean we're less competitive, but it softening uh, the the end result a bit to recognize I'm getting so much out of this. It's so interesting because that's um, and we talked about this last night. But I had a really deep conversation with Nicole DeBoom, who is an Ironman champion, about this exact same thing. And she's like, "I don't have a competitive bone in my body anymore. I've gotten so much softer inside, and I'm 100 percent okay with that." And I have just signed up for this. And I told her, well, I just signed up for this half Ironman again, you know, after like 12 years away. And she's like, what do you want to get out of that? And I'm like, I don't have a competitive bone in me anymore either. So I don't really know. But now that I'm four or five months into training for this thing and I'm I'm getting into it. Um, and I just had this conversation with my coach because I've actually been kind of miserable thinking about racing again because I don't have those same objectives anymore. They're not as important to me, but I am loving the process of getting back into the three sports. I love how I feel. I love getting back into the water and feeling the water. And I went to swim yesterday and, you know, my first real open water swim and I started and the water was chopping. I'm like, oh, this, I'm not going to be as fast. I'm going to embarrass myself. What am I doing? I should have just left this go. And then I just kind of put my head up and I was like, Celine, it is beautiful out here. And you are celebrating the work. You are celebrating that you can do this. And I had such a good swim. And I told my coach, she's like, what are your goals? You know, she wanted my process goals. And I told her, I'm like, I just want to celebrate the work and enjoy Mm. this. And she was really, she's like, wow. I'm like, I know I'm not your typical athlete right now, but this is where I'm at. And this is, and if I want to pursue this, I have to have something more meaningful to me than chasing a result, which I'm, which is, was great. I spent 10, 15 years doing that and I got a lot out of it, but at this point I need something else. And it's taken me a long time of this training and trying to be like, what the hell am I doing? You know, to come to this place of like, now I see what this is about. Now I see why I'm here. It's, it's such a great story. And I think that what it lends itself to is how we want to live out our lives, really, because 
as hard chargers and high performers, you know, we could go hard at everything. And I know for me, uh, that's cost me things in my life, right? Me too. You know, me my too. Professional life by constantly pushing the edge and yeah, my personal life. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, as we start to soften the edges, if you will, um, and start to recognize the joy in the process that we're um, taking on, you know, the, these challenges that we're taking on, they will start to bleed into other areas of our lives. Mm. And, you know, in our professional life, I mean, listen, you know, I don't want to go hard for the rest of my life. I don't. And that doesn't mean you're less than, and that's what is so important. You know, it's so important to, you know, for a while, I'm just like, oh, does that mean I'm giving up? You know, I really had this mental wrangling with myself. I'm like, is that, does that mean I'm afraid of competing or I'm giving up? And it's just like, it just wasn't true. Like that wasn't true, but I had to figure out what was true. Do you know what I mean? And that actually took me a while to be like, I want to be here, but why? And it, 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 it and you need to find that why. I mean, if you're going to get into the water at five o'clock in the morning, you need to know why you're doing it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I love it. I mean, I love this um, really exposing ourselves to ourselves in a loving way right? Without, hold it all lightly. Like, you know what I love? um, There's a saying, take your practices seriously, but take yourself less serious in your practices. Hmm. You know, we want to be, you know, rigorous in our disciplines, but we don't always have to be so rigorous to ourselves. I don't know. You know, it's just like, take yourself a little lighter in, in the process of it all. I think is what we're saying. And last night you talked a bit about the upstream and downstream effects of minds. Can you talk, can we sort of enter into that conversation a bit? Yes, absolutely. So I've been in the fields of body-mind connection my whole career in many, many different ways from muscles and bones to nervous system regulation, to yoga and the energetics, to the brain and mindfulness and meditation to the lungs and breath training down to the gut and the gut brain access. And so um, I call myself a body mind teacher, not a mind body teacher, because in effect, the uh, information that's going from body to brain and brain to body is mostly going upstream. 70% of the information to our, to in our, in our body at any given moment is going from the body up to the brain and 30% is going from the brain to the body. So um, it's really important to understand this because a lot of times the way we feel mentally is not all in our head. Mm. It's actually just information that's coming up from something that's happening um, in our physiology. In fact, I love this saying, um, I think my friend Stephen Cutler, he says, um, your biology drives your psychology more mm. than you realize it. So if you do have some of these fears and these uh, the inner critic comes up and the beliefs limiting beliefs come up you also want to ask yourself how do i feel physically right now like am i tired am i hungry am i thirsty um did i not eat well at lunch uh maybe i just am not recovered well so there are a lot of reasons why we may not be in a good mood and it may not all be in our head is what I'm saying. So I think that especially as athletes, we're so much more embodied and sensitive to that language of our body. Um, but when we can recognize that our physiology is really playing a part in our mood states. Uh, so to always bring that into the equation so you don't just think it's you know something bad about yourself, that you're bad. And I would add to that that, of course, we have this hormonal symphony going on you know at this, right. at this point of our lives that also really impacts that quite profoundly but i hear again and again and again from women that once they understand that some of what they're feeling is a result of this hormonal symphony it brings down the temperature on those feelings a little bit like they can they can go like okay i know i know where this is coming from and how can going back to where we started this like how can i manage this what can i do about this because this is arising from this hormonal fluctuation, which, you know, you, you may also feel to a certain degree, but you are also not necessarily a prisoner to that all the time as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I think we're just a really 
you know, at the very beginning of really understanding our brain on menopause. And mm. Dr. Lisa Moscone's done a great job. Great work. Dr. Right. Great work. Dr. Claire Warga wrote a book called Menopause in the Mind in 1999, talking <laughs> about these misconnects in the brain. And they're real because of lower levels of estrogen. Yeah. So again, it's like that education helps us to shed the burden of these um, old limiting beliefs around menopause and helps us to all step up together and and to educate each other and empower each other to move forward. Let's create a new menopause mindset going forward. Spring morning off that work I had on Dr. Sarah McKay, you know, there's a lot of talk about hormone therapy, and that's certainly going to be an important piece, especially for some women, um, you know, when we're talking about the brain, you know, she but she's just like, I, I just want to be so careful that we don't just say that this is the answer for every woman. She's like, when you look around the globe and historically, and, you know, hormones are just one part of a very larger chorus and they are all very important. She's like, and a lot of times in the Western society, we are missing a lot of the important singers in that chorus, like community, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. stress relief, like all these things that really, really impact all of that, you know, that we need to give just as much importance to as, well, I, if I'll put an estrogen patch on, you know, that's, that's great. And that, that I'm not saying that that's not great, you know, and she's not either, but she's saying like, we tend to, in especially in these Western cultures, look medicinally, you know, look at like, oh, well, it's like the car mechanic thing. Well, we'll just put this in and you'll be fine. And it's not necessarily just one thing. It's all of these things. Totally. I, you know, we can't biohack community, right? <laughs> I mean, it's like yeah, that's well, well said, well said. <laughs> Musculoskeletal health is everything during menopause. Everyone knows how much I love Joint Health Plus from Prevenex, which has helped me get back to distance running after arthritic toes stopped me in my tracks. Now they have a product that has become my go-to for muscle strength and recovery, Muscle Health Plus. Muscle Health Plus contains all the key ingredients we talk about on this show, like creatine monohydrate, essential amino acids, and branched-chain amino acids, plus even more cutting-edge ingredients like HMB and estrogen that are scientifically shown to increase muscle growth, recovery, and strength. I use it every day during my early morning lifting sessions, and there's no question that it helps my power during those workouts and my recovery after. Plus, I love having everything I need from the best high-quality ingredients in one reasonably priced shake. I've also heard from fellow users who have had bloating or GI upset in the past from creatine that haven't had any of that with Muscle Health Plus. I make my shake with almond milk and espresso, but it's also good with ice-cold water, which makes the flavor really pop. As always, you can get 15% off your first order with the code HIPPLAY, all caps, one word, at Prevenex.com. That's HIPPLAY, all caps, one word, at Prevenex.com. Do your muscles a favor and head on over and get some today. Yeah, and I, and I also, you know, I think the power of community feeds into this conversation too, because, you know, a lot of times being in a community can help uh, water down some of those preconceived beliefs or notions that we might have. Like it's the old, if you can see it, you can be it sort of thing. So if you're like, oh, I'm too old or, oh, menopause, I can't, there's now that we have like 24,000 women in this hip plane pause community, you can see so many people like I just took up surfing when I was 50. And I was like, okay, well, maybe I'm not too old to take up surfing because I'm 54. Right? You know, it, it, it helps. Oh, my gosh, I just got your email this morning. Celine, you're talking about the figure skater that you um, that just yeah. went live and um, how she's doing doubles again. I was a figure skater. And I was like, holy crap, she's doing doubles. In her and it, this is so great for that conversation too. Like she said, I don't know if you heard the interview yet, but she said something that just like blew my mind. You know, she said when she, when she got back on the ice after a 26 year hiatus, her goal was to get back to where she was. And then at some point she was like, she was talking to a woman, another woman who's, who's getting into it as an adult, who's going for triple. She's like, why not? I'm stronger now than I was at 18. And she was like, why am I putting this ceiling on myself? You know, like, and she said, and once she took that ceiling off of just trying to get back and instead seeing where she could go from where she was, she started skating better. And I was like, wow, like talking about the power of mindset, right? 
Yeah. And how that just that one sentence sparks something in me. And this is what we can do for each other. It's like lighting up the Christmas lights. We can do that. We can light up the tree and we can light each other up just by sharing our stories. And you're doing that so well, you know, on your podcast. Yeah. Well, this, I, I love all this. I so appreciate you. I I don't want to leave you though, before we do a little flow into, you talked about surfing. We've talked about surfing a couple of times now, and I know you love flow and the importance of finding flow in menopause, because so often we just get into, especially it's not just menopause as much as midlife, I think, where it's like, okay, what am I going to do today? Check, check, check. My parents check this check. My kids check job check. You know, and we, we let that getting into that ignited part of our, our life slide or it gets snuffed, you know, and maybe we don't find the flow and just talk about the importance of continuing to, even if you need to schedule some flow into your life, finding some flow. Absolutely. You hit it on the nail on the head. You like at our age, you know, with the busyness that we're all living in, we do need to schedule flow. We actually do. So, um, so flow, and I've done a lot of work with um, Stephen Kotler and Jamie Wheel, who both have been really seminal in moving the work of Mikhail Csikszentmihalyi's flow research into uh, action sports and high performers. And um, when you understand the flow triggers, so flow is this optimal state that I'm sure every listener right now has experienced, you know, whether it be in some type of high consequence action sport, mountain biking for me, mountain biking, 100% or playing music or, or, or cooking, even gardening. I mean, there's Mm. so many ways that we can find flow on top of mountains underwater and um, it is this optimal state where literally time feels like it's either slowed down or sped up, where we are completely present, full concentration, and in a lot of ways at one with what we're doing. So if you're on that surfboard, you feel like you are the surfboard. Like for me with skates on, like I am the skates, you know, so you're really meshing with whatever you're doing. And um, it is incredibly pleasurable and also incredibly effective. I mean, if you think about, um, oh gosh, what was the name of the movie with Alex Honnold? Free, free. Free free, Solo. Free Solo. That was a, that was a hundred percent. Like you you can see like when he first tried it, that first attempt, no flow came back down, but like he could not, it was nauseating to watch because my God, but yes, that was flow epitomized right there. Totally. And in fact, like I was in flow watching it and I watched it several times. So um, there are flow triggers. The The one that gets us into immediate flow is high consequence, right? Whenever we're flying down the mountain, right? About to crash or, you know, whatever we're doing, even standing in front of an audience is high consequence. Mm-hmm. Um, another big trigger is big nature. And that's mm-hmm. a big flow Uh, trigger for me is being up on mountains, being over by the water, being out in huge expanse, because that awe experience does drive us into flow. And a lot of this is neurochemical. So the experience actually drives the biology Mm. to drive our psychology, right? So it, 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 there's this flow cascade of neurochemicals that come online that help us to actually uh, power down our prefrontal cortex so that we're not, that inner critic goes quiet and we are just in a state of just ex- pure experience. So it's, you know, high consequence, it's radical novelty, you know, dropping into a new country with a different language and different smells and different foods can trigger our flow experience. Um, there's also that deep embodiment, that feeling of being in yoga or in dance or, um, you know, anytime you're fully in, absorbed in your body, um, surgeons or painters can experience that as well. And then there's um, group activity, being in on a dance floor or being involved in some type of group sport or something that you're working together towards can also invoke flow. So I think what's important, and this is what I've learned from my study of flow, is that you want to know what your primary flow activities are. 
So Celine, mountain biking, right? Swimming, running, um, you know, it could be like playing with your dog sometimes. Like, you know, it could Stand be- Stand-up some... paddle boarding is another one, yeah. Exactly. So, you know, think about what are those primary flow activities that I could get to pretty much, maybe not daily, but weekly, you know? And then what are some of those other big flow experience? So, so um, I think that um, Stephen calls it the hedonic calendar, and they talk about it in Stealing Fire, a great book if you haven't read it by Jamie Wheel and Stephen Cutler. And they talk about how to schedule flow into your life. So you had it, you had it down pat, Celine, when you said that. Um, and so you want to schedule some bigger things, right? And my husband and I this morning, we are planning, we just planned out our Pacific Northwest uh, trip this summer. You know, and it was like, oh my God, we're going to hit all these national parks and we're going to get in the car, we're going to road trip. Like to me, that's scheduling flow into life. So um, this is important for us to do it because as we get older, um, we can um, prioritize that less and less and less. If we're not careful, we end up with no joy and no fun and no flow. And that kind of sucks. <laughs> yes, that's <laughs> such a good mic drop. But but it does it does come back to that, like what you were saying about the limiting stuff, like are the obstacles just like that's selfish. I don't have time. You know, I, I, what will people think if I just don't do all X, Y, Z and all the other things that you're supposed to do and I just take off and have fun you know, as if that's a terrible thing to do? Um, yeah. So I, thank you for yeah. giving everyone permission to do so. Go, go, go. <laughs> go. <laughs> Be a happier world if we all had more flow in our lives. It sure would. Well, Kara, this was magnificent. Is there anything that we have not talked about or any final words or thoughts that you would like to leave this menopausal midlife audience with? Oh, it's just really a call to action to change the script for all of us, not only for us experiencing it right now, but to change the script so that our younger ones, I, my daughters are 28 and 29, that they are empowered walking into their 40s and they know what is ahead of them and they have solutions and tools right there in their pocket. Yeah. Excellent. Well, thank you so much. I, I hope you have a wonderful trip filled with flow and I appreciate your work. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for all you do. Well, that's our show. Come on back next week when I sit down with you and me. And more of you. That's right. I am finally getting that Q&A episode off the ground and into the air. So come on back for that one. And until then, as always, stay feisty. You've been listening to Hit Play, Not Pause, a feisty menopause podcast for active performance-minded women. I'm your host, Celine Yeager. The show is edited and produced by the strong, talented, and amazing women at Live Feisty Media. Follow us on social media at Feisty Menopause. And please help us spread the word. Screenshot and share this episode on your social media channels with the tag at Feisty Menopause. Share the show with your friends. And please subscribe, like, review, and rate this show wherever you get your podcasts. Word of mouth and good reviews make it easier for other listeners to find. Thanks for listening, and as always, stay feisty.